0: I think most people don't know what gaslighting is. We hear it in politics sometimes, especially recently, but I didn't understand it or how it related to trauma in my experience with my mom. I never had words for what my mom did to me, and it wasn't until I learned this term that it gave a voice to why I felt crazy for so many years. Some of you are listening, and you're going to find yourself nodding up and down and perhaps having a revelation of your own as you recognize yourself as someone who was or is being gaslit. Or maybe you're going to recognize it for someone you know, and you'll pass this episode along, and maybe the book, too, and hope and healing can begin. Welcome to the Complicated Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah May, and this is a show all about exploring messy heart topics and the strategies we can use to seek healing in the pain and restoration in the ruins. Welcome to Season 2 of the Complicated Heart Podcast. I have so much in store for you this season, and I think you're going to love the topics and the guests and the continued conversations around our own and others' complicated hearts. Today, we're going to be talking about gaslighting. But before we begin, I want to share a few quick things. First, my new book, *The Complicated Heart: Loving Even When It Hurts*, comes out Tuesday. So, if you want the audiobook for free, you need to pre-order the book now before Tuesday. If you need a test drive, you know you want to check it out, see if you like it. Head to sarahmay.com/forward/slash/chapters one, two, three to read the first three chapters right now for free. Well. Not right now. Download them now and read them after the podcast. Second thing, my launch party is also on Tuesday, and we have a few tickets left if you'd like to join. It's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You can find all the details at sarahmay.com forward slash launch party. All of the links are in the show notes. Last thing, If you leave a review for this show, The Complicated Heart Podcast, I want to thank you by name and honor you with a little something. So every week I'm going to pick one new review to read on the show and then I'm going to send a little gift of thanks to the person who left the review. So. If you'd be willing to leave a review, just head to iTunes, this will take two minutes, and under Ratings and Review, you'll see where you can tap to rate, and then under that in little purple words, it says, Write a Review. Just click that. If you find this show helpful, please give it a five-star rating as well. Thank you all so much for listening and passing this show along. Okay, so why am I talking about gaslighting? I think most people don't know what it is or understand much about it, but it's a really important concept that when people understand it, they will finally have a word to use for what happened to them or someone they know. And when they have that word, when they are empowered with a way to communicate the truth of their reality... They can name what happened to them with specificity and begin or continue on in the healing process. And that's why I want to talk about it. The word gaslighting has become popular in politics, especially recently, but I did not understand it and I for sure had no idea that it related to trauma and the experience I had with my mom. I never had words for what my mom did to me, and it wasn't until I learned this term that it gave a voice to why I felt crazy for so many years. I knew I had been manipulated, and I knew there had been emotional and verbal abuse, but having this word to explain some particularities of the abuse was just so helpful and so healing and so freeing. Some of you are listening, and you are going to find yourself nodding, and perhaps having a revelation of your own as you recognize yourself as someone who was or is being gaslit. Or maybe you're going to recognize it for someone you know, and you'll pass this episode along, and maybe the book too, and hope and healing can begin. Let's jump in. What is gaslighting? Well, first of all, the term gaslighting comes from a 1940 British film called Gaslight based on a play that's about a man who convinces his wife that she is going insane so she doesn't suspect him of being the murderer and thief that he is. The title refers to the gaslights in the house that keep flickering, which the wife sees and tells her husband about and which he denies is happening. A poignant line from the movie comes after the wife is finally convinced that she's out of her mind. Her childhood friend says to her, you're not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Gaslighting is a slow and systematic manipulation that causes you to question your reality, your perception of the truth as you have seen it and experienced it. More specifically, gaslighting is manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. When you are gaslit, your sense of reality is skewed. You aren't sure what is true and what isn't, and your own perceptions and emotions seem confusing and untrustworthy. Often, you have no words for this experience because it's honestly just so confusing. You just know you feel crazy and you are usually angry at yourself for your own emotions and so-called sensitivity. An example I often give people to help them understand or identify what gaslighting feels like is this. Let's say you're walking down the street and someone punches you in the face. Like, Straight up punches you in the face. You're, you're hurting. Your nose hurts. There's blood gushing out of your nose. It's, it's on your hands. You can see it. You can feel the pain. And, and you look at the person in disbelief, and you're like, why did you just punch me? And they look at you with all sincerity and say, I didn't punch you. You ran into my fist. And you're like, no, you totally just punched me in the face. But they are so convincing and so good at their words and their way of speaking to you that that you finally believe that you did run into their fist, like your face ran into their fist. And you actually end up apologizing to them. And then you walk away thinking, I am such an idiot. Like I am so stupid. I cannot believe I ran in to that person's fist. What is wrong with me? And oh my goodness, it's not even that big of a deal. I mean, it was just a really dumb thing I did. Oh, I'm so dumb. Okay, so that's sort of like the feeling of what it's like to be gaslit. Now, that example is pretty overt, and if something like that did happen, it would be a very intentional manipulation. But Remember, it's the feeling of that experience I want you to grasp. The tricky thing about gaslighting is that the person who has or is gaslighting you often doesn't even know they are doing it. It's usually a covert manipulation, not even always intentional on the part of the emotional abuser. The fact that the gaslighter doesn't necessarily know exactly what they're doing, however, doesn't make it any less abusive. In fact, it's the covert nature that makes being gaslit so insidious. You don't even know it's happening. Author and journalist Ariel S. Love says, One of the most insidious things about gaslighting is the denial of reality. Being denied what you have seen with your own eyes and you know to be true Being denied an experience that you have had and you know is real. And I would add to what she said um, by saying that the real gut punch to this denial is that you aren't sure that what you've seen is real or that your experience is real or rather that it's valid. When you attempt to share your feelings as being valid with the person who is gaslighting you, You are then convinced that you don't know or that you have it all wrong, um, that you're too sensitive, that you're making a big deal out of nothing. So your reality is continually invalidated. Now, what I want to do is give you an example of this kind of covert gaslighting by reading an excerpt from my book, The Complicated Heart. Now, the context here is that I'm 14 and I'm about to confront my alcoholic mother about her drinking. It's written first person, but what I want you to pay attention to is my mom's denials of my emotional reality. Here we go. She's on the screened-in porch, cigarette between her fingers, drink in hand. Her dog is lounging on the porch at her feet. My hands push open the screen door, and I step down into the porch and sit on the old couch, corner to my mom. I have to talk to you about something. She inhales deep and flicks the ashes. Her dirty blonde hair is parted down the middle, and thin wisps scraggle down past her shoulders. She's a thick woman, pretty, with an inch-long indent on her forehead from when her dad kicked her into the edge of a table. Her skin is tan and dotted, and she has a slight gap between her two front teeth. I miss hugging her. The last time I tried to hug her, she pushed me away, asking if I was a lesbian. I'm about to have an intervention with her about her drinking. I saw a show on TV where the host helped stage an intervention for a family who had an alcoholic family member. The family member was upset but agreed to get help. Everyone was crying and hugging. This is what I'll do. I'll confront mom about her drinking, and she will see how it affects her and how much she hurts me, and she will decide to get help. This is the answer. Once she knows the truth, her eyes will be open. What is it, Sarah? Heat is crawling up my neck and into my head. I smile because I'm nervous. I think maybe I've noticed that I I think, mom, you're an alcoholic. She laughs. She doesn't understand? Mom, when you drink, and you drink a lot, you get really mean, and I think you're an alcoholic. So what? So what? Mom, you don't care that you're an alcoholic and that you are so mean when you drink? You really hurt me. I roll. Oh, Sarah, I drink. So what? Get over it. Another drink. Another drag. She's not interested. She's not taking me seriously. What can I say that will make her care? Honestly, mom, you're just so mean and I I don't even think I love you anymore. She laughs again. My insides start to burn. Her nonchalance, the oxygen. End of excerpt. So, another facet of gaslighting is this ignoring of an emotional experience, which produces in the person being ignored a deep insecurity and mistrust of their own opinions and feelings. The way that my mom treated my reality, my emotional reality on the porch that day, you know, I'm 14 years old, I'm trying to talk with her about her. Her alcohol, you know, I don't have a lot of maturity, of course. She's been very verbally and emotionally abusive, sometimes physically abusive. She's put me in harmful situations. um, And here I'm trying to gently confront her. And she completely obliterates any sense I have that I am worth hearing, that I have anything worthy to say, that I'm perhaps worthy enough of um, actually being taken seriously. And so that was a form of gaslighting and a very covert form. And the reason is that, remember, when you're being gaslit, what you see and experience are confusing questions in your mind because your reality is unclear because you've been made to believe that your reality or your perception of it is wrong. So by my mom invalidating my feelings, by laughing at me, the whole eye rolling, like the whole thing is, you are making a big deal out of nothing. It's really not that bad. Um, Relationship coach Alan Robar says, ignoring a child's emotional experience produces the same experience of being on the receiving end of gaslighting. So for me at 14 years old on that porch, confronting my mom about the reality of her drinking and how it hurt me, it was clear that what I felt did not matter to her, which was confusing because it seemed wrong of her to be an alcoholic. And it seemed wrong that she would cut me down with her words, tell me I was ugly or stupid or through her nonverbal communication of rolling her eyes and laughing at me. My worth was on the ground because this was my mother the person who was supposed to care more than anyone in the world. Maybe I was just making a big deal out of nothing. Why was I so sensitive and stupid? These were my thoughts, and I grew to resent my emotions. An added trauma to gaslighting is that when it happens with a loved one, with someone who is supposed to love you and nurture you, like a parent or a spouse, there's an added layer of betrayal trauma. Psychotherapist Robert Wise says, There are many types of trauma, but usually the most painful and long-lasting is trauma that involves the betrayal of relationship trust. These traumas are intentional acts of mistreatment, neglect, abuse, and even violence perpetrated by individuals in close relationship to the victim. Making matters worse is the fact that betrayal traumas are often chronic, occurring repeatedly over a long period of time. Usually, the difficulty for the victim is that mistreatment occurs in the context of a relationship that has other, more positive elements that can obscure or override the true meaning and power of the abuse. Man, that is so true. It's so true. I mean, so for some of you listening, you know what this is like with family members or a parent or a spouse where there's these other elements that keep you really hooked in or tangled up in the relationship and cause you to maybe ignore the abuse or even not know what it is. Like with gaslighting, most people have no idea it's happening to them. For me, I had no word or words for what I was experiencing. And That is the thing about gaslighting. You have no idea it's happening to you. You just know that you are confused and angry, replaying conversations over and over in your mind, wondering if you really are making a big deal out of nothing, questioning your own feelings, thoughts, observations, and opinions until deciding, perhaps unconsciously, that emotions are stupid and can't be trusted and you're just a messed up person. The lies settle in deep. Being gaslit is disorienting and infuriating. So why does a person do this to someone else? Well, one reason is that when we don't face our own pain, our emotional truth, and the reality we have experienced or are experiencing, we will inevitably put it on someone else, including our children. Listen to this quote by Alan Robarge. If a feeling comes up with a child, the parent is going to respond to the child with the same allegiance to their own core belief to avert and shut down and deny and distract from being honest about the feeling that is here in the present moment. So that is an, un- an example of an unhealthy, an emotionally unhealthy parent who has not dealt with their pain or their sin this is, this is how they would respond to a child. So an example of this is if a child is sad or scared, let's say, of a dog in the neighborhood. And the child is sh- like showing, like I'm and saying, like, I'm really scared. I don't want to go near the dog. And the parent says, you're fine. You're not scared. There's nothing to be scared of. That parent has effectively shut down the child's emotional reality. And this is emotional covert gaslighting because it messes with the child's sense of reality, what is true. An emotionally healthy parent might say, I know you're scared. I can see how that dog would be scary to you, but I'm here to protect you and you are okay. Do you see the difference there? That parent is validating the emotional reality of the child. Healthy parenting, not perfect parenting, involves being attuned to the emotional reality of their child and then guiding them through it toward truth. My mom and people that you are maybe tangled up with could not or would not face her deep wounds beyond writing about the pain of them. Acknowledging our pain is such an important step But if we never move towards help and healing, toward trust and the vulnerability to reach out, toward telling our secrets, we'll stay locked up in our unexplored emotions and unhealed trauma. This is not what God wants for us. He calls us to freedom. Jesus came to take away our sins and to free the captives, to heal our broken hearts and to bind up our wounds but we must be willing to face the pain and walk through it. Okay, so how do you know if you've been or are being gaslit? If you want to know if you've been gaslit, start by asking yourself these questions in the context of a relationship you're in or have been in. This can be with a parent, a sibling, a romantic relationship, someone at work, or any relationship you feel tangled up in. Do you relate to the above descriptions of being gaslit? It's a great first start. Do you find yourself thinking you might be crazy or that you can't trust yourself or your perceptions? Do you constantly second guess yourself? Do you or did you feel like everything is or was your fault? Do you or did you find yourself questioning what is true and not true? Do you or did you feel confused about what happened? Like, is there just this deep sense of confusion and unexplained anger or um, anger at yourself? Do you, or did you blame yourself and beat yourself up? Do you have a tendency to beat yourself up? Do you struggle with lacking confidence in how you feel and what you perceive to be valid? Now, I'm not talking here about um, sort of the idea that we trust every emotion that comes up and we don't look to God for the answers. This is not what I'm talking about. Or deep insecurity, confusion, usually anger. It's just such a mind mess of a thing to be in. And if you've experienced it, then you you probably know what I am talking about. So your answers to these questions are a great starting point as you begin or continue to unravel the trauma of abuse, whether that involves gaslighting or not. So I want to continue this conversation on gaslighting. I have more to say about it. Um, But next week is a special podcast because it's book release day, and so I've got something else planned. But the week after that will be part two, which is what do I do if I've been gaslit? So thank you guys again for tuning in. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please pass it along again consider leaving a review or rating it. Uh, please check out the show notes for links and resources as well. If you guys have any questions at all, you can always email me at podcast at And don't forget that I'm going to be picking one new review to uh, share on the podcast next week and to give a little something to that person. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Complicated Heart Podcast. If you like this podcast, if you've found it helpful, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review. Reviews are how people know if they should listen or not. So your review matters. Thank you so much. If you want to know more, check out sarahmay.com forward slash the complicated heart podcast.